Good morning on a Saturday. Oh, yes. It's going to be hot today. Oh, hot, hot, hot. It's going to be hot, but not a schwitz. So there will be no humidity today. No schwitzing today, but it's going to be sweating. I got in the car, uh, what, how many minutes ago? Maybe half an hour ago. And it was already, I think, 69 degrees. And when it's 69 degrees uh, early, you know it's going to be hot. Hot, but not a schwitz. That is correct. 800-520-1534, that's the number for legal advice, 800-520-1534, and uh, lines are open always at the top of the hour. We uh, have lines, and occasionally, either we have lines that are open, or we're jammed already. So, you can guess how many lines we have open, all right? Let me tell you how many lines are already on my screen. None. None. We have lines that are open. So don't bitch and moan to me. Oh, I couldn't get through, Bill. I've been trying 800-520-1534. Fair enough. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you, You have absolutely no case. Oh, yeah. Infertility. You know, I've done infertility for a long, long time. Uh, My legal specialty is uh, third-party reproductive law, and that's all I've ever done. So when I give you advice on contract law and on landlord-tenant and on small claims, I make it up. I just want you to know, when I say marginal legal advice, it is marginal legal advice. But when it comes to reproductive law, if you have a frozen embryo you don't know what to do with, you talk to me. If you have a sperm donor, I don't even want to go into that. Okay, so uh, let me tell you what's going on right here in California. California is usually at the forefront of all this stuff. Matter of fact, the first surrogate mother contract that was upheld here in California, went to the Supreme Court here in California, And uh, now, as far as infertility treatment is concerned, uh, the insurance companies don't pay for it here in California. They just say, no, thank you. 14 states require insurance to provide broad coverage of in vitro fertilization. Incidentally, in vitro fertilization, just to let you know what this puppy costs, ten dollars to $15,000 plus another five dollars to $7,000 for medication. So it can be twenty grand for in vitro. And uh, my children were born of in vitro, and they cost, I paid full rack because Marjorie wanted to go to a doctor that she liked, even though I had other doctors that not only would have done it for free because I gave them so much business, but would have catered lunch for me at the same time. And no, Marjorie wants to go to this doctor, so I paid full rack, right? 20 grand. Boy, that was worth it, wasn't it? Yeah, just meet my kids. Uh, So insurance companies here don't provide. However, there is a bill going through the California legislature that would force insurance companies, medical insurance companies, to pay for in vitro, but only, only if the patient had cancer, for example, and the whatever procedure, whatever treatment would preclude them from having children. Then IVF kicks in. You can create embryos. 
Uh, you can uh, freeze eggs, freeze sperm, although freezing sperm isn't all that expensive, but or certainly freezing eggs is not cheap. And uh, so we'll see if that works. But the, the lower third income Californians won't get any of this benefit because it Medi-Cal, uh, they have medicine through Medi-Cal and that wouldn't be, uh, th- that wouldn't uh, be part of this program. So anyway, uh, cancer patients, for the most part, they'll be covered. And then you freeze aches usually prior to that. But the rest of it, you're on your own. You're writing checks. You're not going to get a catered lunch. You're paying big, big bucks. All right, let's go ahead and uh, take some phone calls. All right, we'll start with you. Brett, hello, Brett. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hey, good morning, Bill. A quick question. We've got a small claims judgment that was awarded in 2010. The uh, award was out of San Bernardino County. The person it was awarded against has a business in San Bernardino County but lives in Parker, Arizona, so it's right on the Arizona-California border up there at the river. Lost track of the guy, couldn't find him for the last six and a half, seven years. Thought we found him, then we lost him, and now we know that he's recently purchased a home and we know where he's at. My question real quick, how long is that small claims judgment good for? How do I go about reinstituting it? Uh, We had it re-upped in 2014 to include the accrued interest because he did come in and agree to make payments and he stopped making those payments it's been hard to enforce because yeah. his bank accounts in arizona yeah it's always hard to enforce uh how how big is the judgment for brett uh almost nine thousand at right, the so time it's... and now it is over it's almost 20 with interest yeah that is uh so we're talking serious money first of all the, the judgment is good for 10 years and uh, then you can okay. re, and then you can re re-up it uh in other words uh, domestic well you can refile and they'll give you you don't have to go to court it's just a procedural issue and the judgment for another 10 years so you've got plenty of time now collecting it is a very okay. collecting it is a very very different animal uh, that's never easy. People think that, oh, once you get a judgment, I'm going to get the money. Absolutely not. So the first thing you have to do is, since your buddy lives uh, over in another state, you have to get that state to accept the California judgment. That's easy. That's, again, just procedural. And then you go after right. him. Now, does he work? Is he an employed person that gets a paycheck? Or is he it- is employed at a place on the California oh, side of the river. Then that's easy. Then that's easy. You can uh, garnish wages. You can take the judgment, and uh, there's a form where you garnish wages, and the marshal will come and grab that, and so a percentage of his wages will be pick it up, picked up. Uh, you can also go after any business that he owns. You can go after assets. That's a little bit more complicated uh, because you have to put a receiver in and just a bunch of stuff. So it's going to be uh, the garnishment of the wages. That'll do it. And you go for the first. Okay, full- can- go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. I've, I'm finished. Uh, can you attach that judgment to his real property? No, that's hard. No, that's hard. No, they won't do that. That's hard to do uh, unless it relates to the property. And even then, it's uh, if you're a contractor, they'll do that. If you have a secured uh, instrument with the judgment. In other words, uh, it's you do work and it's secured by the property. Short of that, it's not going to happen. Uh, yes. Kevin! Hi, Kevin! Hey, Bill. I got two quick ones. 
Is discovery allowed during mediation? Uh, I think so. In a meeting? Yeah, I think okay. so. Yeah. And, oh, no, not I, during mediation. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, not during mediation. Mediation, you just sit there and you tell your story, oh. and a mediator is uh, trying to figure out who has what. Now, you can bring whatever documents you want, but you can't compel the other side to bring documents. I mean, mediation uh, okay. is you mediation is you sitting down with the other guy and just trying to figure it out, you know, trying to get out of it. That's well, all. Well, I was hoping discovery would dissuade these people from going any further, but no. if you can't use it in mediation, that's not a tool. I no, because use. mediation is it's totally voluntary. Gotcha. Uh, no one has okay. to go. You can walk out in the middle of it. No one is served. You simply agree and you show up. So the answer is no. Okay. Okay, then the second one is, okay, if you do go to small claims court and the contract says the losing party pays for legal fees and you're suing a business, can they jack them up to thousands of dollars saying because they had to send a lawyer and all that, whereas on the well, first side of all, you have no claims? Small claims, you're not even allowed to bring a lawyer. So Right, but if you're suing a business, they got to send some representative. But it won't be legal fees. Even if they do send a lawyer, there are no legal fees attached. It's just someone representing the business. Okay, okay, good, good. That's why I want to make sure they couldn't by, send what, you a by the way, who, bucks. Yeah, yeah, and you're suing for what? What did the business do to you? You know, it's a, a travel insurance. They're refusing to pay the benefit on a, a camp. Oh, okay. They've gotten all kinds of excuses. Yeah, did you and, ever? Uh, so by I'm the way, I, I have bought travel insurance so many times. You ever read uh, the small print on those policies? If you read it. Well, of course it, I have a dozen okay. times since then. Yeah, I know. Here's, but here's the problem you have. If you read the small print, it says specifically, we will never pay any claim. <laughs> he, he thinks, right, he thinks I'm kidding. And then you walk in, you go, Your Honor, there it is. It's written right there. This is Handle on the Law. All right, Tessa, you're up. We could be legends after all. And uh, good morning, everybody. Handle here on a, a Friday, September, uh, excuse me, Saturday, September 14th. I, You know, on the board, I have it written as Friday. I don't know why. Monday through Friday, I never know what day it is. I never know what phone numbers. I never know what I'm going to talk about. So I have this big white board in front of me, and uh, the producer writes the day, the time coming up next, what I've talked about, what it, what's going on, because I have no concept. So there it is. It's written Friday, September 13th. It must be so. So it's uh, Friday. God bless us. When uh, I was on a, when my kids were six years old, we went on a cruise. And it was my birthday, Marjorie's and mine birthday fall within a couple days of each other. And it was my 50th birthday. Uh, and uh, so we celebrate, uh, and we had a cake made uh, aboard the cruise ship. And it said, happy birthday, Bill. F- happy 50th birthday. And I, of course, uh, had them write happy 80th birthday to Marjorie. And the kids were young. And so they went to school and said, my mom's 80. And the other kids said, no, she's not. Yes, she is. What do you mean your mom's 80? It was written on a cake. Therefore, it must be true. So, therefore, it's written Friday, September 13th up on the board. Therefore, it must be true till I change it. Okay, fair enough. Welcome back to Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. Hi, Julie. Happy Friday. Yes, ma'am. Oh, that's funny. Okay, Julie, go ahead. All right, my... um fiance died recently 
And we lived together for approximately six years. He did not have a living will, nothing. He did not think he was going to die, even though he had a pre-existing condition. What did he die of, um, can I ask? He, was on, uh, he went in for surgery on his heart, and he came out fine. Everything went well. And then um, that was Friday, and then on Saturday, he started coding, and he never regained consciousness. Okay, and is there any issue of malpractice there, or was that just one of those things that happened? I'm just curious. Uh you know, there were things that happened. I don't really think that. Okay, it's another issue. It, it, I think. I think he. I think. Yeah. I think he just his body was right. too tired. Okay. Um, How old is he, by the way? I paid rent. Uh, forty six. Oh, okay. It's way too. Young. Yeah. All right. So you paid yeah. rent. He Go had. Ahead. A, he had a a pacemaker and a defibrillator. All, right, so, all right. So he had a lot of stuff going on. Okay. Yeah. So go um, ahead. I paid rent. Um, I bought his medicine, um, food. Um, I paid some of the utilities. He, like I said, he, for the past few years, he was on disability for a lot of that. But um, he owned his home, and he loved to work on things, so he had tons of tools. When he died, um, I I've tried to keep it cordial with the family. I said, you know, I'm not going to fight you guys. I just want his wishes respected. Again, he didn't have a will, but he made sure that his family and his friends knew that I was supposed to get you know, the motor home to be taken care of. They're not doing any of that. Yeah. And they're starting to take my things now. Well, that's They've different. been coming down and I'm so sorry. How do they take your things? Like, um, uh, the, like the second time they came down, she went through my room several times and every day I came home from work, I could tell it had been messed with. All right. So at, the, at what the point do you lock, up, uh, hold on, hold on. Me. At what point did, don't you lock her out which uh, is an issue, but doesn't matter. And take your stuff and move it into a storage uh, yard or a storage uh, facility pending all of this clearing out. I'm doing that now. Like I said, I woke up this morning okay. and I realized some more things were missing. All right, what's the value? So, um, I guess about it's not much. It's just they're just messing with me. Okay. Um, you know, I'd say it's about maybe five hundred bucks total. All right. Um, but, um, I, like I said, I was trying to keep it cordial. They gave me 60 days. I'm within that 60 days. I'm on target. Wait a now sec. I'm trying to hold, speed up hold, the process. Hold on a second. They gave you 60 days it, you're, and your boy and your wife and your fiance, uh, fiance owned the home. Yes. It's in his name. Yes. They can't throw you out until they get ownership of the home. Non-owners cannot throw you out. They don't own the house. See, people have been telling me that. Yeah, what are you doing? Just say, right. say no, thank you. Lock the doors. Get new locks. And say, and have them go to court. But what are they going to do? They're going to ask for an eviction on a property they don't own? They are the next of kin. It doesn't matter until the house is transferred to them. Uh, no, they have to open up a probate. Uh, they they have to probate. Okay, but they, they have the, a probate lawyer. Yeah, but the pro, but the property has to be transferred to them. How do I know when that happens? Oh, they'll let you know. Believe me. Oh, trust me, they'll let you know. Yeah. Now, I, when they gave me the sixty day notice, I don't remember if I signed anything. So, am I liable? I well, I don't know about that. But uh, for God's sake, uh, just don't don't assume that they have the right and they don't. Uh, the property now is sort of in limbo. It's owned by the estate. 
your boyfriend's estate, and it's in testacy, so it is out there until someone files a probate. And, I mean, they're going to get it because they're next to kin. You're not going to get it because you were simply the yeah. fiancé and nobody cares uh, legally. But uh, just yeah. I, I'd call them up, and if you did sign, you just write them a letter saying, you know what, I just found out you have no right to do this. Thank you. Uh, it's off the table. And just stay put until they evict you and change the locks. Now, um, will they make me, I mean, am I liable to pay anything for that? Uh, I, I don't think like, so. Do I, I, don't, I don't No, I don't. You, you're, liable, you're liable to pay probably the estate at some point, but I don't think so. I think you're okay. I, I would definitely talk to a trust and estate lawyer uh, just to find out exactly where you sit because different state laws uh, do it different ways. But go to go to handleonthelaw.com and talk to one of the uh, trusted estate lawyers. I think you're far better. A, I'm sorry? I talked to a probate lawyer. i sorry. I talked to a probate lawyer. And what did the probate lawyer say? He said that um, if I can't prove that I own anything, I can't take it. You're and not taking it. You're that, already there. You're a tenant. Yeah, but like... The furniture and stuff. It's all, you know, you're not taking the furniture and you can argue it's your furniture. I mean, you're doing this just totally backwards. You're screwing yourself all over the place. You're assuming they own everything already and they don't. All right. uh, Let's talk about uh, a little bit about your security, right? Uh, Speakers, printers, uh, third-party devices, Bluetooth, all doing wonderful things on the internet, right? I mean, just out there. So uh, what do you do to protect yourself? Well, uh, let me tell you about LifeLock. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats because here's what happens. These uh, security cyber criminal cockroaches get hold of your information, whether it's addresses, uh, and they can hack all of your information. They hack the devices uh, that keep your information. So then they use that information, get your identity and then start with the credit cards and with the loan applications and the bank accounts. You don't need that. So I'm going to suggest you go to LifeLock, which detects a wide range of identity threats. And if there's a problem, uh, they have restoration specialists uh, that will work to fix the problem. Now, no one can prevent all ID theft or monitor every transaction at every business, but LifeLock, that is protection. Join, get an extra 10% off your first year using the promo code HANDLE. Call 800-LIFELOCK, promo code HANDLE. 800-LIFELOCK, promo code HANDLE. Visit lifelock.com, promo code HANDLE. This is HANDLE on the law, and let's check in with Tessa Barrera. I'll give you And uh, good morning on a uh, Saturday HANDLE here until 11 o'clock where uh, Leo Laporte shows up. Back we go. More handle on the law. Marginal legal advice. Hey, Bill, you're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Yeah, hi, Bill. Um, You know, um, I'm applying uh, for a teaching. I I went to school. I I graduated cum laude, everything. Um, I had somewhat of a misspent youth, and I'm applying as a teacher. And they want a copy of the investigation report and a certified copy of the court docket regarding the incident. Now, the, the certified copy of the court docket is fine because uh, what I actually was convicted of was, was misdemeanors and, and, you know, no felonies, no children stuff, anything with no drugs, anything like that. What were you convicted but, uh, of? The, Bill, what were you convicted of? Uh, 
Well, actually, the case I'm speaking of, I was convicted of uh, drunk in public okay. and disturbing the peace. All right, so that's no big deal. I mean, especially but how— But if you read the investigation report, the investigation report, I mean, it says all the things I did. And, and honestly, like, I wouldn't hire me if I read the investigation report because— it was seven years ago. I've been sober for seven okay. years now. All right. So you have, here's what you have. I don't know. Well, first of all, you have uh, a, a period of time that you can argue, hey, that was seven years ago. How old are you, Bill, by the way? I'm 47. Ooh. God, I wish you I were. Was an electrician. I, I was an electrician for 30 years. Yeah. And I had a car accident. Well, that, now that's good. Uh, you had a car accident. You became addicted to drugs. Yeah, well, they they on um, pain meds. Okay, so there is. I was in pain okay, management. that helps. Okay, that helps. So here you are on pain meds and all of this stuff uh, you were accused of doing. The conviction was for something that uh, did uh, that much, was, much, much yeah. more minor than, than you, if you actually read the investigation. Okay, report. but the investigation the police officers always. Yeah, but the investigation report, the investigation report is uh, every accusation, everybody that could have seen it. And by the way, I don't know if they're entitled to the investigation report uh, because uh, you well, can. That, that was my question. That's that's actually my question because if you just look at what I was convicted of, it's very minor right. and it's it's not a big deal. Okay, here, but if you look at the investigation yeah. report, it it I wouldn't. I get me. it. I get it. So here, so here is the issue. I don't think they're legally entitled to it. They certainly are entitled to the conviction. Uh, the document. Those are those are open documents. That those are in the public uh, right. domain. But as far as the investigation report, you can say uh, no, because the accusations are so wild in there that I'd rather not share it. Here's my conviction. Here is the reason I was convicted. And uh, it was uh, I was uh, drugged out. I was on painkillers. They didn't know at that time uh, the addiction, the addictive properties of painkillers, because obviously everybody knows now and. And if this happened seven years ago and you've been sober for seven years, that's a long enough time uh, to where you uh, you can argue, hey, you know what? That was a long time ago. Now, what is the investigative report? What do they accuse you of doing, Bill? Oh, well, it was it, I didn't even want to say on the air. I mean, it was a mess. I mean, I was I was it was dealing with domestic stuff and it was no violence. There was no uh I never actually did anything, and and okay. So all right. That, so but. so let me ask you: If you've done nothing, uh, and and I'm not telling you to share the investigative report, but let's say, well, in, I, I mean, so let's say in the end they say, uh, you know what, you don't share it, we're not hiring you. Uh, so you can argue that it's so out there, and of course the court didn't buy any of that. Uh, and so again, uh, domestic stuff. What what does that mean? No violence. Okay. Um, no, no. Well, I I. I mean, I, I didn't actually uh, do anything. I threatened. Okay, so you threatened, and then you can there say was lots I, of threat. Okay, and you say I did, and didn't. then I got tased, and and the whole deal. Oh, you know, it that's was, it was right. a mess. Okay. Anyway, uh, yeah. the bottom line is, I don't think they can ask for it. On the other hand, if they're not going to hire you, uh, you can argue what's in it. And now you're dealing with they can they can not hire you. They can hire you because you're not in you're not legally entitled to a job. You can't force the issue. So I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I would. Well, I, I was would, hoping to speak with an actual lawyer. Yeah, that's a problem. I, I just don't know what kind. Yeah, I don't well, know what kind to 
to address. Yeah, it's uh, anybody, any criminal lawyer, uh, or actually any civil lawyer, employment lawyer is probably who you want to talk to. But I noticed that, lawyer. yeah, an employment okay. lawyer you want to talk to. By the way, that was a very interesting tr- uh, turn of phrase. I want to speak to an actual lawyer. Uh, that was very well said. <laughs> Uh, let me tell you. Thank you, sir. Yeah, you got it. We are not going to be going to drinks anytime soon. Uh, that's a guarantee. I want to speak to an actual lawyer. That's a promo, by the way, John. All right. I'm wondering if I could speak to an actual lawyer. Uh, wow. All right. Uh, Josie, you're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. My daughter got breast implants about a year ago, and now she got a letter stating there's a voluntary recall because of cancer. But they, uh, in the letter it says they don't advise them to take them out if they, they're taking them off the market, but they don't advise getting them removed if you already have them. Well, she obviously wants to get them removed, but she doesn't know if she has a suit since they're voluntary. No, she doesn't have a suit yet because she doesn't have cancer. Okay. And so the, to get them to replace them, no. I think uh, I think you, you can ask them to replace if there's a voluntary recall. I mean, you, they just don't hand you a, a pair of uh, silicon breasts. I mean, here you go. I will send it via FedEx, and they come in this package, and you go, "Oh boy, what's this one?" Because we buy a, a lot of stuff on the internet, so it's always exciting to see what we have. And there you are, open the box, and there's a set of artificial breasts. Right? Uh, no, that doesn't work that way. Ask your doctor. Uh, if you want them uh, replaced, uh, what will happen, I think, is that the company that manufactures uh, the implants will probably uh, offer to pay for the surgery. And then you can argue, hey, I don't want to go through another surgery or it's worth something. I mean, the pain, uh, dealing with it uh, you know, the, in the hospital, and it's just no fun. I mean, any kind of surgery is no fun. So uh, you right. want to fi- you want to find out what from from the company or the doctor who implanted the breasts. What's our next step? What is the company? Uh, what is the company doing? Uh, the cost of the surgery? Are they offering comp- uh, compensation? So you want to find out from the doctor what's going on. But no, at this That's point what she did. She wrote a oh, letter. And what and happened? Said, what's the next step? And what happened? Well, she just wrote the letter to oh, okay. the doctor, but she's wondering: is there an attor- some sort of attorney? Not yet. Well, talk I don't know. Or- I mean, there are attorneys. Yeah, you can certainly look up then find out the name of the breast implant. Uh, okay. you know, the Acme Super Duper Breast Implant Company, and uh, the doctor will give you the name because he's the one that selected the implant, and uh, then you just look at the name of the company the word lawsuit, uh, and just start putting uh, search words in. You should be okay and find out if lawyers are involved in that. At this point, I don't think okay. there's... Yeah. And that would be like maybe a class action win. There might be. If, there if might be. Ever... Yeah, there might be. I mean, okay. you don't know until you look it up. I have no idea. It's been a while since I've had a breast implant, and so I just uh, don't do that. All right. Uh, we'll be back. We'll do plenty more. In the meantime, uh, this is Handle on the Law, and let's check in with uh, Tessa Barrera. Said I'm looking like a bad man who grabbed a note. She said my spirit doesn't move like it did before. She said that I don't look like me no more, no more. I said I'm just tired. She said you're just tired. I said I saw you in a while. KFI Handle on a uh, Saturday morning. Uh, welcome back to Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Hi, Julia. You're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi. Yes, ma'am. Um, I'm being I am being sued um, by 
a driver that, um, well, my, um, a friend was driving my car. So he was a passive driver. He, he mean, he was, what do you mean finger. he was a passive driver? He, he, I don't know what that means. Was passive drive. He was a driver. He, he was driving he, your he, car. Yeah. Okay. Right. And so I guess the liabilities are different for someone that is other than yourself that gets in an accident. Yeah, you go to the liabilities both to the driver uh, and the uh, the car uh, owner and the insurance company the car uh, is under. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so so um, no one was injured, supposedly. Nobody was injured, and it was just a, a small... He backed up okay. and, and bumped into a car. So a couple months later, we get um, a, a letter from a attorney that says that they're suing of course and with major injuries of course they want yeah of course oh yeah for the limit of my yeah that's crap i mean that's that's, yeah that's crap that's all crap uh and uh, i mean you are liable for the property damage how how much uh, damage uh did uh, your passive driver do to the car the other car um three thousand all right well that's uh three grand your insurance gets to pay for or uh, he gets to but it'll be your insurance that'll pay for that it, and they will, um, but the problem is the injuries. Doesn't matter. That no, first the of all, driver said no, that's cra- that's crap. You turn your insurance company covers that too, and if it's soft tissue, three thousand dollars worth of soft tissue, no broken bones, no contusions, no lacerations. Just a guy goes, oh my neck, it was my none neck. None of that. Okay, then you're fine. None of, yes, you don't yes. have to worry. It's okay, crap. It's crap. Thank you. Yes, $3,000 of subjective soft tissue injury. The insurance company is going to laugh at them. I wouldn't worry about it. It's, uh, oh, I just love insurance company or life drivers. Oh, my neck. Oh, my limbago. Look what I got. All right. Hi, Sherry. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, how yes, are you? Yes, ma'am. What can I do for you? Okay, uh, my dad passed away not too long ago, uh, last month, and uh, ended up that um, my brother and I are the only beneficiaries. Uh, he had a living, or he has a living trust, and my brother and I are the co-trustees. Well, I was the one that took care of him, and it ended up that I've been told that we have to notify. All of the heirs. Now, uh, are, are there, wait, wait, wait. Are there any beneficiaries other than the two of you? No. Then you don't have to do a damn thing. Yeah, I don't think you, you don't, no, you don't have to, uh, you don't have to do anything. You're the only heirs. What? You have to, yeah. uh, what, cousins, second cousin, third cousins? Yeah, they're talking about everyone. Yeah, you're, by the way, you're not uh, heirs, uh, what you are, beneficiaries. Uh, of that trust, right. and if you are the trustees right. and co-trustees, and the money goes to both of you, and that's it, and money is not left to anyone else, you don't have to do jack except spend the money on sex, drugs, and rock and roll. How much money uh, are we talking about, <laughs> Sherry? Uh, that dad left you? Not, not, not very much. About four hundred thousand. That's not each. very four hundred thousand each. That's not very much. Yeah. Sherry, what planet are yeah. you on right now? Four hundred thousand dollars each. <coughs> no, you're yeah. right. There's uh, that's yeah. no that's no money. And uh, most of yeah. our uh, most of the listeners here would agree with you. They're sitting there 
and uh, they're cupping their chins uh, and going, mm, 400, 400 grand. That's not very much, is it? Anyways. No, that's not. I thought, what in the world? Yeah. It's costing me more to, to do something like it's that. It's not going to cost you. Also. No, no. It is not going to cost you much to distribute, to collect the money. You're the trustees. There, is, there are some procedural issues. Uh, bank accounts. Mm-hmm. You have to file death certificates. Uh, but you can even go on the internet and find out how that works. Uh, you're going to be just fine. Although uh, $400,000, that's not very much money, is it? Ooh. You know, you can buy half of Pakistan with that. But then again, Pakistan is very cheap, you know. All right. When you connect to Wi-Fi, let's say you can go to Starbucks. And even if you have to connect with a password at someone's house, whatever, you, you actually may be exposing what you send and receiving online, exposing online to uh, cyber criminals, all the information, and these cockroaches would love to have a look. So how do you protect your online, even password-protected information? Norton Secure VPN. It's easy to use. Uh, The Norton or the virtual private network, that's what VPN is, and the Norton Secure VPN, boy, that makes sense. It uses bank-grade encryption to hide your online activity. And what the Secure VPN by Norton does is, sec- is create a secure tunnel for the information you send and receive online. So no one can see your private email uh, or your private info while you're connected to Wi-Fi. That's what Norton Secure VPN does. Makes all the sense in the world. And you connect your PC, Mac, all your mobile devices. Uh, you want some protection? This is where you go. So go to Norton Secure VPN, browse privately, secure your connections, and the way you do it is visit norton.com slash VPN. Protection starts at just $3.33 a month for the first year with annual enrollment. Norton.com slash VPN. Terms apply. Norton.com slash VPN. This is Handle on the Law. And good morning on a Saturday. Handle here until 11 o'clock. From 11 to 2, it's Leo Laporte. Uh, Neil Saavedra from 2 to 5 with the Fork Report. Mo Kelly, 6 to 8 with the Mo Kelly Show, cleverly named after himself. And then Dark Secret Place uh, from 8 to 10 tonight with um, Brian Suits. And then Martian Anal Probes uh, until tomorrow morning. I mean, that's, you know, it's always, you know, poltergeist and, uh, you know, my door is slamming and I don't know who's doing it. And, all right, so much for that. Oh, I have a quick story. Uh, we have a cleaning lady who has been with us for many, many years. We also have a player piano at home. And for some reason, and it's all computer-based. So for some reason, uh, they are today. Uh, she's by herself, and all of a sudden, it glitches and starts playing. And if player pianos, the keys actually play. You can actually see the keys move. And she happened to be in the room when it started. And uh, she actually listens to uh, George Norrie overnight. And she ran out of that house so fast, your head would spin. And we had to talk her back into uh, working at our house again. Yeah. Overnight, coast to coast. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, phone number 800-520-1534, 800-520-1534.
And I'm doing this right until 11 o'clock. And uh, we have some phone calls that you can try at uh, uh, top of the hour is always the best time to call. This is Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice, where I, Bill Handle, tell you, insert name here, uh, that you have absolutely no case. Oh, this is a you have no case case in Australia. I love this one. First of all, we start with a vegan plaintiff. Okay, that's all I have to say to start the case. A vegan plaintiff. Fantastic. Took her neighbors to the Supreme Court of Australia with complaints about the smell of meat and fish from their barbecue. She really did. She goes to the lower court, the state's administrative tribunal, both of them throwing out her case, uh, which her case included the cooking smells, the cigarette smoke, the chair scraping on concrete in the backyard, reflective light, the sound of children playing basketball, and let's not forget pet birds, which are very loud, outside. And so she's a vegan sued. You, you, you made my life miserable, horrible. Uh, She's a massage therapist. Oh, and on top of that, she's suing for the fact that she has to sue the lawsuit itself, which has robbed her of the quality of life and then claimed that the neighbor's uh, actions are deliberate. They are putting meat on the Barbie, not because they like barbecue. It's because they want to make my life miserable. Well, they're okay. I'll, I'll buy that. That's logical. Why not? And so, uh, of course, it was tossed out on both uh, the administrative tribunal and the court. So she takes it up, and uh, the uh, Supreme Court tossed it. Gone. How does it go that high? Uh, Because uh, the chief justice uh, wrote he was not satisfied, there is an arguable case uh, that the tribunal denied her procedural fairness. That's the other argument. She said the denial of her claim uh, was acted to her disadvantage. Really? You're a genius when they deny your claim and to cause a miscarriage of justice. Doesn't work that way. All right. So, uh, see, if I were the neighbors, I would be putting food on that barbecue 24 hours a day. But then again, what can I tell you? All right. Uh, let's, uh, do it. Mark, we'll start with you. Hello, Mark. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, Bill. Um, we have a family trust. Um, we're in the final stages of distributing assets. Um, unfortunately, my mother passed away uh, a while ago. Uh, how much, how much money did she leave, Mark? I'm sorry? How much money did she leave? Oh, uh, probably between property and, and, uh, Accounts of probably a little over three million, maybe. You know, it's not. It's not so unfortunate. You know what? It's really not that unfortunate that she died. If you're a money grubbing ass like I am. (laughs) Well, I'd I'd still rather have her around, but Uh, um, we're 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 in the process of settling um, everything out, and we've got some uh, property that's out of state that's still held in the name of the trust. Okay. And we don't know whether we need to. put our names on that property or whether no. it can remain it in stays, the name of the trust? It stays in the trust, and what the trustee can do is simply list the property in the name of the trust. So the trust stays alive. The property mm-hmm. is sold. The money goes to the trust. The trust is a separate entity. 
And we, we didn't want to sell the property, though. Then we you were just, going to hold on to Then it. you hold on to it, and you rent it, and you keep the trust uh, alive. Now, the trustee could theoretically transfer the name, or could actually transfer the name of uh, the owner of the property from the trust to the individual's. That's what we were thinking. Yeah, but we didn't know that. whether we had to do that. No, or whether I, don't, we, I don't think you have it to. Involves a trip, you know, it, it involves a certain amount of time. And, yeah, and, hire, you, hire, you hire someone. You do it all by email. You do it all by uh, sending documents. And if you have to have a document notarized, uh, they, right. they'll send it here. It's not that big a deal. It's not that big so, a deal. I, the other question, I guess, then, is um, do we have to dissolve the trust? I mean, or can it just kind of stay... In limbo, um, as far as some well, of the assets. All, like, if all the money is done out of the trust, you know, that's a good question. I don't know the answer, whether the trust is, uh, it just stays there with no assets. So mm-hmm. uh, it, um, yeah, there's nothing there. And I'm trying to remember whether, the. I don't think the trust has to file a uh, tax return as a trust. Corporation LLC certainly does. But I think you're okay with the trust. And I don't. I and I don't know the answer to that because uh, okay, that's, you know, that's like, fair enough. We'll, so you get to we'll ask. You, de- you get to ask a trust attorney. But the bottom line is, yes, you can transfer it. Yes, you can do whatever you want as a trustee on behalf of the trust. Okay. Okay. Uh, see, there you go. Uh, did that sound like I knew what I was talking about? About halfway. Uh, maybe halfway. All right. Ooh, I love these. Uh, Fred. Hello, Fred. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, Bill. My uh, now ex-girlfriend and I bought a dog for her daughter for her 16th birthday. When she turned 18, she moved out and couldn't keep the dog. So my ex and I shared the dog equally. Uh, we ended up getting married and got divorced a little later on. Believe it or not, she had the dog for a couple years uh, where she had sole custody of him. We got back together and been together a few years, and now we're getting uh broken up again and last week she took the dog and she says i'll never see him again so i'm wondering if i have a case and if so what type of attorney would i talk to all right uh yeah you have a case uh it's not much of one and this is one of those things where uh you you're not going to be able to go to small claims court you're gonna have to have a judge make the decision uh, and give you, quote, visitation. It does happen, by the way. People, there are divorces that go all the way to trial just on the issue of the dog. I mean, everything else is okay. So, yes, it's a civil lawyer. Uh, and actually, anybody who does family law, because you're asking for, uh, I guess, visitation and uh, who's going right. to so who's gonna hang on to the dog. The fact that she had it for two years and... I don't know what the dog guy, what the judge would do. It's one of those, do you really want to go to court? And if that dog's that important to you and you want to spend a few thousand dollars, so the judge can do it one of two ways. Uh, the judge can uh, do the old Solomon trick and uh, just have the, the dog cut in half and go, here, you take half and the other one takes half. Probably not. Uh, probably judge, not. Yeah, probably not. Then the other, then there's fun ones where both of you have a dog biscuit and you stand at each end of the room and you both, what's the dog's name, by the way? Tyson. Jason? Tyson. Tyson. Like the boxer. Okay, yeah. Tyson. So you both stand in opposite corners of the room with a dog biscuit in your hand. And you go, here, Tyson, here, here. And whoever the dog goes to <laughs> gets the dog. It's the way I would do it. Uh, well, that's but the point is, you're, gonna, you're, probably, you're, you're, probably, you're probably going to 
have to hire a, well, you will if you want to start uh, with, but you know, you can also call her and say, Hey, I'm going to get a lawyer. And uh, if it's worth it to you, we're going to spend a lot of money determining who gets this dog in visitation, or do you want to sit down and work it out? Or you pay for a lawyer. Thank you very much. Okay. Or you pay for a lawyer letter where the lawyer writes you and says, hi, I I represent uh, my my client. Of course, I just forgot your name. I represent uh, my client and uh, we're going to take you to court. I just want to let you know. And we're going to use all of the legal remedies uh, that we can. And I'm suggesting that the two of you sit down and work this out prior to beginning of litigation, which is going to be very important or very expensive. This is Handle on the Law. And there's Tessa Barrera in the news. KFI, it's a Saturday morning. Handle here until uh, 11 o'clock. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you, you have absolutely no case. Hello, Scott. Welcome to the show. What can I do for you? Hello, Scott. Are you there? Do I have that right? Yes. Okay, there you are. Yes. All right, what can I do for you, Scott? Yes. Uh, About... uh Three years ago, I had a motorcycle accident. A lady made a left-hand turn in front of me on the main street uh, here in town, and um, I couldn't avoid hitting her. I ran into her. Um, I broke my left distal radius on my arm, and uh, I messed up my knee. I had a big bruise like the size of a uh, saucer um, on the inside of my uh, left upper calf. And uh, I had back problems, and uh, both knees bothered me for a long time. Uh, eventually, uh, a year l- later, I had my knee replaced uh, on my right knee. Now, recently I went to court, um, and the only dollar figure that the jury was uh, aware of or made aware of was the cost, the initial cost um, from the accident uh, um, until... Uh, my arm healed. Now, the replacement of my knee happened a year and a half later, but it was related to the motorcycle accident. But this was after the jury made the award, correct? Pardon me? That was after the jury made the award. Is that correct? No. The uh, jury uh, was within the last two weeks. Okay. So the jury had all the information. Knee replacement. I assume you you do have a knee replacement, right? They did not have the... They had the information that the knee was replaced, but not the dollar figure of the cost of the knee replacement. How is that possible? How do you not bring the cost of a knee replacement to a jury? Because you're asking for money damages. I was not the attorney. Um, That was how it was done. Well, well, it's screaming malpractice right on his face. I'll tell you right now. If, okay. if your attorney did not bring forward the fact that you had a knee replacement and here was the cost, because part of your damages is the cost of medical. And if, exactly. the, and if the cost is not brought forward, then uh, the jury was not able to ascertain the physical cost of the replacement. I mean, here it is, right. $12,000, $18,000, whatever the hell a knee replacement cost, twenty grand. And, uh, about, so, 12, about twelve thousand. Okay, yeah. so uh, what you have is you have a jur- uh, you have an attorney who malpracticed. That's it. Okay, that's your case. You have a malpractice uh, case against the attorney. 
All right. And how do I go about uh, it's a problem. taking okay. action on that? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I mean, it's easy to go after an attorney for malpractice. The problem is you're dam- we, you can't ascertain the damages other than the $12,000. And uh, so how much money did you get overall? Uh, 30000 Oh, which yeah. is three times my medical expenses. That's all. The, uh, that's minus all the, the knee surgery. That's all the jury gave you. You had broken everything there, and they gave you three times meds. My that's God, it. your attorney did not do a very good job. Obviously, um, wow. Um, yeah, yeah. You got the wrong attorney. Clearly. All right. Uh, you can talk. Do, do, do I do? Do I have a case for yeah. a? Um, what do they call it? Uh, appeal. Uh, not really. Not really. Okay. What you have a case for is uh, medical malpractice. I mean, uh, legal malpractice. Uh, but you might have a case for an appeal based on the jury wasn't given the information. And I don't know. I don't do appeals. So uh, what, what, what I think you have to do. Excuse me. Yes, sir. Is contact uh, a legal malpractice attorney, a malpractice attorney. And they go after lawyers, believe you. That's not a problem. Okay. Yeah, they do it all day long, malpractice attorneys. So uh, that's where Just you go. go and handle on the yeah, law. Yeah, go and handle on the law. Dot, handle on the law. Dot com. Okay. And uh, talk to a uh, a legal malpractice attorney. Wow. Yeah. One of the things about malpractice attorneys is uh, that when you talk about medical malpractice, you have to get uh, you have to get other doctors to testify against the doctor that's being sued. And there is some, there's a myth out there saying, oh, doctors aren't going to testify against themselves, against other doctors. Of course they will. They'll do it all day long. They get paid for that. Lawyers won't go after other lawyers. Are you kidding? Lawyers will go after their grandmothers if there is a case. All right. So uh, let's for a moment talk about uh, internet safety. We've got speakers, printers, third-party devices, all connected uh, wireless, which means you're using the internet, of course. Uh, Bluetooth, which naturally just uh, uses the air uh, to speak. Everything is vulnerable. Everything. So many ways that cyber criminal can try to take what's yours. Because this is all about identity theft. It's the cyber criminals get this information and then... They create uh, they create an identity or steal your identity and then start with the credit card applications, the spending of the credit cards, uh, the credit applications to buy stuff, bank accounts, fake tax returns. I mean, it's a mess. So let me suggest uh, talking to the folks at LifeLock. This is identity theft uh, protection on a very high level. And by the way, if your identity is compromised and you're a customer, U.S.-based restoration specialists will work to fix that problem. Now, no one can prevent all ID theft or monitor every transaction, every every business. But LifeLock, LifeLock can see those threats. I've been a customer for years, and they've pulled my chestnut out of the fire a couple of times over the last decade. Join, get an extra 10% off your first year by using the promo code HANDLE. Go uh, call 800-LIFELOCK. Promo code handle, visit lifelock.com. Promo code handle, 800-LIFELOCK. Lifelock.com, promo code handle. This is Handle on the Law, and let's check in with uh, Tessa Barrera. And uh, welcome back on a Saturday morning handle here. 
This is Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice, where I tell you you have absolutely no case. Rick, there you are. Welcome to Handle on the Law. What can I do for you? Uh, hi, Bill. I had um, I graduated from college in 1985, borrowed 40000 for uh, college. Um, in 2000, I paid on it from 1985 through 99. I took a six-month forbearance, went through a divorce and loss of business in that at that time. And then um, in 2000, it was refinanced. The bill was 50000 and I started paying on that from uh, then until now. I contacted Ed Financial uh, this past week. They said, well, you had uh, at least 30-some months of forbearance. And now you have 122 months to pay left, and so um, and they are they are not interested in a debt settlement. Okay. So my question to you is: Do you have an attorney in your uh, works there that can uh, deal with this debt? Yeah, I would talk to a bankruptcy attorney, frankly, uh, because uh, you may uh, be far more in debt than you're able to pay this off. How much are you paying a month at this point? 600 a month. Yeah, that's a big hit. That's a, that's a big hit, especially if you're not making a ton of money. I uh, paid I paid 400 and something for uh almost I don't know. Well, from 1985 until yeah, 2000 yeah, yeah, and uh, that really doesn't matter. Nobody cares how much you paid for. It's what you owe now and what you're supposed to pay and for how long you're going to pay it. And 122 right. months uh is only what 10 10, years. 10 more years. Uh, that's a problem. Yeah, it's, but uh, I've been paying. See, it was set, it was set up on a twenty five year note in two thousand. So this is two thousand nineteen, and according to them, I have another ten years. Okay, even though you're supposed to pay it off in twenty five uh, years, they're, they're saying now thirty years, right? Or, or more. Okay. I don't know. All right, you, you, I would I would contact a bankruptcy attorney who has dealt with the folks uh, that handle student loans, and there's two kinds of student loans. There are loans you get directly from the government, and loans that you get from private banks and lenders who handle student loans, and that's a different way of being dealt with. Now, those are uh, guaranteed by the federal government, so the banks don't lose any money, but uh, it's it's negotiating. I don't know how they negotiate. I know that in certain cases you can go bankrupt on them, and I don't know the rules. It's very difficult to go bankrupt on student loans because those are exempted for the most part under the bankruptcy laws, and the reason is because yep. so many people went BK on them. So many people flaked out. Yep. So it was the forty thousand dollars for college. Was it undergrad? Yes. It was undergrad. No, it was uh, uh, it was postgrad. Okay, and what what is your postgrad no, no. degree in? Uh, chiropractic. I'm a I'm a DC. Oh, so you're well, a, I'm seventy years old. Not, oh, oh yeah. Well, so then you're never you're going to die before you uh, finish uh, finish paying for it. Seventy year old, and you're still in, right. and you're still in practice. No, I retired from practice uh, about 18 years ago, but uh, now I work. I, I work until the end of this year. I'm working, I, I, and I don't mind paying until the end of the year. Yeah, it's time to I talk. Retire. Yeah, it's just weird. Time to be a bankruptcy attorney. 70 years. He's still working, but he retired 18 years ago. Okay, uh, I don't know anything about the math, math, but so be it. Greg, hello, Greg. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Disabled senior. I was refused medical service by a California licensed physician and barred from entering their facility under the threat of 
uh, being arrested under PC six zero two Lincoln, which is trespassing. Okay, and how can I how can I pursue this? You pursue it by not going to that doctor. You, Obviously, you pursue it by going to another doctor. You pursue another door. Uh, yes, I mean, what what do you? I mean, what do you want? You want to go to that doctor? You want to be forced to go to that doctor? You want to sue that doctor for not yes. letting you uh, go there? Where do you think you have a fundamental right to see that doctor? Uh, I don't want to see that doctor. I want to uh, uh, pursue them legally uh, for what? Financially for what? A refusing medical. Uh, you think service. you think every doctor has to accept someone walking in the door and can't say no, thank you. You don't think doctors not, have the ability to say, no, thanks, I don't want to treat you? Not the way they did it. No. doesn't matter how they did it. Now, you can argue that uh, they threw you out physically, they assaulted you. You can argue intentional emotion of uh, emotional distress, negligent uh, uh, intention, negligent uh, emotional distress. You can argue a bunch of things, but, uh, Greg, you're going to get nothing. So I could even pursue it that way. I wouldn't. Because you're going to get nothing. At the end of all this, uh, you're going to be tossed out of court. So it's just spinning wheels nowhere. Absolutely. Spinning wheels and not worth it. You have no case. Zero case. All right. You're welcome. He he threw me out. Okay. So he threw me out. And by the way, he he said because uh, he's accused of being mean and cantankerous. I mean, that was on the computer screen. So... I mean, I throw people, uh, when I was practicing, uh, people would come to me and literally sat down. We sat down and did a consultation in uh, the my conference room. And uh, I would, oh, really? I'm, I'm a bastard, or I can be. Uh, so I was really comfortable with not dealing with clients I didn't want to deal with. So we'd be sitting in the conference room. They'd start talking. I'd be asking questions. And within a space of 10 minutes, I would stop them, interrupt them like I don't with everybody else. And I would say, you're fired. What do you mean I'm fired? You're fired. You're fired as a client and you're not even a client and you're fired. And I won't validate your parking on top of that. What are they going to do? Sue me? Because I didn't want to deal with that with that that, that particular couple because they're obnoxious. Well, all right, uh, Gina. Hello, Gina. Welcome um, to Animal yes. Law. Yes, ma'am. Yes, I'm calling on behalf of my aunt. She got a divorce back in the early '90s, and part of the divorce decree was um, shared interest in nine shares of Disney stock. She recently she had forgotten all about it. And she recently found out that her ex-husband never sold the stock upon divorce and then sold it in the mid-90s. And he's claiming he doesn't owe her anything. And so she wants to know, does she have a case? Should she pursue it in any way? uh, uh, So nine shares of Disney stock, how much is that worth? Do you have any idea? At At the time of the divorce, they were just valued at $10 a share. So that's $90. Yeah. Wow. But now That's she doesn't a, know if he sold it yet. Yeah. He, if he's truly sold it. He's claiming he sold it, hmm. but we don't know, and he's not giving her any information about it. 90 bucks. Yeah, Gina. I know. Yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> that is that is a big one. Uh, so I probably, you have one of two choices here, or your aunt does, and that is uh-huh. uh, sort of giving it up, going to small claims court for $90, although the stock may be worth, uh, 
wow, 10 shares may be worth a couple thousand dollars now for all I know. I haven't looked at, yeah, I haven't looked at Disney stocks. So you can go uh, to small claims court and argue that, uh, but you're going to have two issues. Uh, the big one being statute of limitations, long, long, long gone. And the second one is oh. statute of limitations. So, okay, yeah, tell yeah, tell her that she's out of luck. Okay. All right, that's lovely when I tell people, yeah, you're out of luck. I really enjoy doing that. Peter. Peter, welcome yeah. to Handle on the Law. Yes, sir. Hi, Bill. My name is, uh, yeah, you already know my name. I went to ITT Tech several years ago, graduated in 2014. A couple years later, they were shut down, as you know, because the government decided that they were committing fraud against them, their students, their investors, etc. Um, and even though the class action lawsuit that was filed by the students was decided in the students' favor, and I participated in that, I'm pretty sure, um, even though it was decided in our favor, my student loans have still not been dismissed. Uh, a couple years ago, I filed a borrower's defense to repayment form, but every time I call it asking about it, they say, we still haven't decided on it yet, so I have no idea what yeah. else to do. First of all, under the class action suit, uh, did you receive money? Not yet. Okay, so you don't know. Well, uh, here's the problem you have. You've done everything right. Uh, you've dealt with the government, and there are governmental programs up in the air. Congress hasn't done a lot about it, but there's been a lot of talk of forgiving loans that were uh, given for uh, the purposes of signing up at these uh, fraudulent schools, these tech schools. Some of them are very good. Some are pure fraud on their face. And walking out with a certificate gives you absolutely no advantage in getting a job whatsoever. And there were several schools uh, that did that. I mean, there were some big schools that were shut down. The problem is, is that forgiving the loan, uh, you're screwing either the government or you're screwing the lender. Uh, the uh, people that gave you the loan, which are government, uh, uh, which are uh, government uh, backed, uh, they're uh, uh, they're uh, guaranteed by the government, or not even uh, not even federal loans, just straight out borrowing the money on a student loan. I don't know which way you went on that, but the it problem was government. Okay, government loans. So, how much money do you owe? It was. Um the tuition was like $50,000 or something, but at the time I got grants and stuff that brought it down to about half, so I owe like 20 something thousand dollars. Okay. All right. At this point, you owe 20 grand. I'm sure there's some interest there, too. Uh, you've done everything right, and, and under that governmental program to forgive, it's their call. And if they haven't decided yet, yeah. they ha that's a problem. There's nothing you can do except wait. Not a damn thing. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, it's one of those things where maybe you can go file for bankruptcy, although it's very difficult. I talked about that earlier. Uh, none of this is fun. And then you, you go to these companies, these schools in good faith and you get totally nailed. I like the ones where I see billboards all the time. Uh, you can learn how to be a front office receptionist. You go to school for two years and you can run a doctor's front office and Last time I went to the doctor, the front office people answered the phones. Uh, they said, hello, Bill, how are you? Would you wait until the doctor shows up or we'll call you? Uh, makes the coffee and uh, does the filing. Two years. Learn how to be a front office worker at a medical office. This is Handle on the Law, and there is Tessa Burr.
finish handle on the law marginal legal advice for the hour and let me get right to it andrew hello andrew welcome to handle on the law yes hi bill uh my wife my ex-wife filed for divorce and um at the end of the trial i was due x amount of money she's now spending all the money that she emptied out all the accounts. Ooh. How do I stop her from spending all the money? Okay, well, uh, if you, part of the divorce decree, the judge will do it. You've, you've, you've both filed for divorce, right? The divorce is ongoing or is it already done? No, it's already done. And uh, so the money hasn't been split already? Uh, nope. She's been avoiding it like the plague. Oh, then you haul her back into court for contempt of a court order because I'm assuming the judge ordered her to give you half the money during the divorce, correct? Yeah, you have, yes. Yeah, you have to, yeah. I'm just wondering how I can stop her now from spending all you the go money. In, uh, here's what happened. You, you go in, she, a boob, well, she's already entitled probably to one boob on her, on her own because she probably has half yeah. the money. So, uh, <laughs> the, so the judge will probably say, choose one left or right. It's up to you uh, uh-huh. because Andrew owns the other one or would own the other one. So uh, here is what you have to do. You have to go back into court. She's in contempt of a court order and she's got to be stopped. And if uh, she keeps on spending the money, and if you have to, the judge will freeze the accounts. I mean, there's a lot a judge can do. Get get your butt over to your divorce attorney and uh, call him or her up and say, we've got to stop this because there are ways of stopping this legal. You just have to do it now. What's the name of the, what's it called? It's called like a protective order? Or yeah, something? it's a, it's, a, it's an order. It'll be uh, an injunction. Uh, it'll be a restraining order whatever the hell they want to call it. But yeah, it's the judge ordering someone to either do something or not to do something. Well, the restraining order, of course, is stopping someone, restraining someone from doing it. And uh, then there's the court order, uh, same thing with an injunction. And so I think there are a bunch of names of calling it, and I, I don't do many of those. Uh, but you, the, the important thing is you, you have to get to a lawyer right now. And if you have a divorce attorney who we think did a decent job, that's where you go. I mean, right now. Yeah. Yeah, uh, as in uh, as soon as the weekend is over, kind of right now. This is Handle on the Law. And it is a uh, Saturday morning. Handle here, last hour of the legal show, followed by Leo Laporte. 11 to 2. Neil Savader, The Fork Report, this afternoon, 2 to 5. And then at uh, 6 o'clock, it is uh, Mo Kelly, followed at 8 o'clock by Brian Suits. That's our Saturday lineup. Tomorrow morning, uh, Jesus from 6 to 9. If you have a swimming pool, he'll walk right across it, right from Jesus Christ Superstar. I still remember that. Uh, I actually saw the opening show of Jesus Christ Superstar when it first opened. Never forget that. It wasn't very good then. Uh, but then that's the first week. What can I tell you? And uh, then uh, it's 6 to 9 is Jesus. And then at 9 o'clock, it's uh, Dean comes back. That's it from 9 to 11. I'll get this. All right. 800-520-1534. 800-520-1534. Numbers to call. Top of the hour. All right. This is Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. And this uh, has to do with Disneyland down here in Southern California. 
which I've been to hundreds of times as I was growing up, and a particular ride. And boy, can I, this story so resonates with me. There is a woman who came to visit Disneyland from Alaska, and she was on the Space Mountain roller coaster ride. The Space Mountain roller coaster ride is in the dark. I mean, it is pitch black. And then you have lights that are flashing, and um, it's a lot of special effects, but you're in the dark. And I've always been frightened of that ride, and I'll tell you why. As I'm in that ride, uh, I always think uh, what might happen. And here in Southern California, we don't think much of earthquakes. I mean, we don't think much of hurricanes, not worried about that. Uh, Most natural disasters, we don't think of, except for earthquakes. And I've been through a lot of earthquakes. And I'm envisioning uh, this, uh, this car that's on the roller coaster, a big earthquake hits, and it flies off. And then I hit some girder, my head comes off or whatever. And I, well, if, if that's going to happen, I want to see uh, the steel beam that's going to take my head off. And for some reason, not seeing it bothers me like crazy. It's just one of those things. I just don't like the dark. Matter of fact, I slept on slept with a light on at night until I was in my mid thirties. Okay, I'm afraid of the dark. Also, I wet my bed till I was in my twenties, but that is between me and the therapist, so I'm not going to really get into that. And so here's what happened: the ride breaks down, and they have to take people off the ride. And uh, I think at that point they put the lights on, obviously. And if you've ever seen the inside of that ride, it's and I've seen it uh, because I had a ride breakdown and uh, it took a few minutes to fix it and all the lights go up. It's a mess in there. Oh, God, because you can't see it. And it's just a god-awful cacophony of steel. So uh, this woman is being led out of uh, the emergency exit. They have uh, walkways. And there was a low ceiling where there is a beam right across it. And she hit her head and got a concussion. And so they call the paramedics. Uh, they call the people there, the, I guess, their version of uh, the EMTs at Disneyland. And uh, she immediately stood up, felt disoriented, dazed. Uh, she later later went to the emergency room, diagnosed with a concussion that now the lawsuit says required extensive and ongoing treatment. You know what you do for a concussion? You sit in bed. That's it. You hang loose. But extensive and ongoing treatment, and once she wants $3 million. Of course she does. I'm surprised she doesn't want $30 million. Now, the only reason I bring this up, and she's not going to get much money, by the way. Oh, incidentally, when you sue Disney, Disney does not settle cases. Disney has a reputation for fighting everything. I mean, $2 claims they fight. And have been known to do that since literally they opened up in 1955. So good luck getting uh, money. I don't even know if they turn over their insurance company. I think they cut a deal where their lawyers fight it. So she's not going to get her $3 million. But the reason I bring this up is because I can understand getting upset with uh, that ride, Magic Mountain. Uh, Or, excuse me, not um, uh, Space Mountain. So anyway, just wanted to share that with you. It's in the dark. It's very scary. Uh, I don't like it. I don't go on it anymore, and I'm done. All right, uh, let's go ahead and take some uh, phone calls. Chris. Hello, Chris. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Chris, you there? 
Chris. Hello, Chris. Here's what happened. When people are waiting, they generally don't hold the phone to uh, their faces and uh, they don't hear me and, and, they ra- and they listen on the radio. That's the other thing, which you can't do because we have a delay. And so you'll hear me a minute later. So I'm yelling, Chris, Chris, or whatever your name is. And guess what happens? You don't hear me for a minute. So let's try someone else. Hopefully someone has been uh, on the phone for, oh, here's someone who's been on the phone for a week waiting from last week. Uh, hello, Carolyn. Hi, Bill. I'm so glad I get to ask you this question because I know you're going to have the answer. In the late 80s, I inherited my mother's beautiful home in West Los Angeles. At the time, there were only chain link fence around it. So I went to the city, got permits to put up a gorgeous big stone wall. I had the neighbor on each side sign that it was going up on my property, period. The neighbor to the south has had renters. It's an old, old house for years. Um, They moved out. She now had to sell it because it's such a mess. And the other, about three weeks ago, I went over and I noticed that something was wrong on my side of the fence. What had happened was her aging father years ago painted it green. It's a gorgeous slumpstone fence. It's not green. And then they tried to cover it up by putting white over it. Then they covered it up by planting bushes. So the gardener was nice enough to cut it half, all the bushes down halfway. And I was stunned. I took time, dated pictures of it all. Then last week, he came in and he cut it all the way down to the stumps. It is an ugly mess. But hang on. That's so on I their, wait, wait, that, but, uh, but that's on their side of the wall, correct? To cover my wall. Yeah, to cover but, uh, the damage they did to my wall. Oh, what damage did they do to your wall? Oh, well, they put nails in it to put wood on it to hang up, you know, things up on the thing. Okay, but wait, I have a question. So this is a uh, this is a stone fence, right? It's right. a wall. It's a wall. It's wall. a Donald Trump wall. Uh, and Beautiful wall. Okay, it's a beautiful wall, which you don't see on your side of the property because it's on the other side. Uh, all the right. mess is on their side of the property. Right. They painted it, which they had no right to do. Okay. Uh, what, okay, so, what are, so let's, let's say, what do you think that, that's worth damage-wise? They painted their side of a wall that's on your property that you don't see. So uh, what do you think? The, I don't want any. I don't want any damages. What are I want the damages? Them to fix the wall. What are the damages? To hire someone to come in and take all that crap off. That's not damages. That's what you do to get well, rid of that stuff. Damaged. I want to know what your damage is. You don't even see that part of the wall. Now, but it's my wall. It's true. It is your wall. So what you can do is force them, I guess, to bring it's all on your property. So you can force them to bring it back to what it was originally. The problem is it's very, it's various different people that you're suing. So let's say you you uh, you sue the homeowner theoretically, and how much you think it's going to mm-hmm. cost to uh, bring back to let's well I guess okay let's you can f- probably force them or sue them for the cost of uh, sandblasting the wall. <laughs> Uh, right. so, so it's a couple That's- hundred dollars. Uh, and all right. So you take the small claims court and you tell the story and the judge may give it to you or not. The judge may say, hey, you don't even see the damn thing. I'm not giving you anything. On the other hand, you're arguing, but it's my wall and they don't have the right to do anything to my wall at all because it's on my property. The judge goes, okay. 
And then you come in with uh, some kind of uh, remedy, and your remedy is they sandblast everything. As far as the plants are concerned, right. if it, the plants on their property, they can do anything they want with. All right, just that's just to let you know. I mean, you can't do anything about the plants. They can grow them as high as they want. You're they right. can cut them all the way down. It's their uh, those are their plants. So what you have is congratulations. You have the cost of uh, sandblasting uh, the wall. Okay, figure out how much that costs. Go to okay. small claims court. All right. Okay. That's it. And right. how do you go to small claims court? You go well. You walk in the door. Okay. You find out the address. Where, dear? And there's a big door, uh, and you walk in. <laughs> And uh, okay, so I Google small claims. Yes, court you Google small claims court in a city you're in, and it'll give you uh, how you go about it. All right, you'll be fine. Oh. Okay, this is handle on the law. Hey, good morning, handle here on a uh, Saturday. Welcome back to Handle on the Law. Bill Handle here, giving you marginal legal advice, telling you that you have absolutely no case. All right, Dave. Welcome, welcome. Dave? What can I do? Yes. Oh, hey. Wow. I think it was by your college. This, uh, my, you just said something parents, in English, didn't you? I, I, it's supposed to be in English. Oh, good. <laughs> I feel better. Okay. All right. Um, my folks just recently died, like rather close together, and wow. I got this. Uh, like how, how it's, old, it's regarding insurance. Yeah, how old? How old I, were your folks? Like 140? Like just about. Okay. They were close, they okay. were like dying. You know, All went right. out with the brain thing. But anyways, uh, I don't understand. It says I have these three policies. It says regarding my name policies. Blah blah. There is no. No will or something. There we did not have a will. All right. Or at okay. Time. You're set. There's two issues here, and you have to separate them out. One is the policies issue. The other one is uh, the will issue. What were these uh-huh. policies? Are these life insurance policies? Uh, I believe. Yeah, life insurance. Okay. And are you the, are you the uh, beneficiary of those life insurance policies? I have not seen them. I don't know. I, I've, I'm given three sets of numbers. Okay, without a company. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Without a company name, just numbers? Oh, I, have, I, I have the lead, the paperwork from the insurance company okay, here. Okay, so what you do is you call the insurance company and you simply fill out whatever application, whatever paper they work, uh, they have, and then you file. Uh, you, you obviously have the death certificate, and you give that to them, and that should basically do it. How much money are we talking about if you're talking about the three policies together? I don't know. I haven't hadn't really talked to them a whole lot in the last 20-some years. I okay. just started right. talking to them again. Well, you're, you're very lucky then that you have, uh, that they kept insurance where you're the beneficiary, and hopefully for you, that's uh, a whole lot of money. Maybe you'll take diction lessons with them. I have no idea. I would. All right. So <laughs> right let's let's move on and talk about uh, the having a will or no will. There is not a will. Do I have that right? It, it, that is what it says. Uh, wh- wh- what what no says? Will. Where does it say no will? It says here on the insurance the company says that there was no. It says uh, I'm sorry. Okay. But it did not name a person who would become the policy owner upon his death. Okay, so, I mean, it really doesn't matter who the policy owner is because you are the beneficiary. Uh, And I think that's correct. 
So you get the money. I mean, that's it. You know, if you're uh, the beneficiary, uh, whoever owned the policy is gone. And so uh, that you're you're now the beneficiary. Thank you. You get the money. All right. So you have, I have that. I have. Okay. Yeah, but where uh, did you hear that there's no will? Who told you that? Well, the the, the insurance test when it says on the company, whatever companies. Uh, they say, how would they know whether it was a will or not? I don't know. Yeah, they, they would have no idea. Me. All right. Uh, and and uh, how much money do your folks have? Uh, they were fairly well to do. I'm okay. not sure. All right. So you got that. And uh, are you the only sibling? Are you the only child? No, I have a little brother and two little sisters. All right. Well, the four of you have to get together and hire a probate attorney to figure all of this out. Yeah, because my brother called me asking, do you want anything of, of, my, of you know, that my parents owned? I said, yeah, you know. so your brother's being decent about it. So your brother obviously looked like he's not going to be fighting very much of it. All right, so the four of you, all the siblings, have to get together and hire a trust and estate lawyer, a probate attorney, and figure it out. You just throw it at that person, throw it at the attorney, and the attorney will figure all of this out. All right? And that's all you have to know. That's all you have to know. That's it. That's all it. Right, well, that's I, it. Okay, you got it. You can go to the website, handleonthelaw.com, and look for uh, trust and estate or probate attorneys, and you should be okay. And maybe you'll understand what's going on. I have absolutely no idea, because I sure as hell don't. This is Handle. Uh, oh, no, no. Before we do that, let me tell you about uh, Norton, uh, Norton Secure VPN. Now, when you connect to Wi-Fi, even when it's password protected, uh, you might be exposing yourself to what you send and receive. Cyber criminals love to look at that stuff because with that, they go into uh, your data and get your numbers, which means your identity is at risk. And guess what happens? Yep, you know about that. So let me tell you about Norton Secure VPN. VPN is virtual private network. And Norton Secure VPN uses bank-grade encryption to hide that online activity. I mean, you're done. It's a secure tunnel for the information you send and receive. Those cyber criminals can't see that information while you're connected to Wi-Fi. So, even companies, by the way, we're talking about legit companies, not even stealing your stuff, just browsing your activities for sale to uh, various people that want to know how and where and how much money you spend shopping. And you use your Norton Secure VPN with your PC, Mac, or mobile devices. And what it does is simply encrypt and protect. And Norton Secure VPN is from Norton, which is one of the premier names in security. So you get Norton Secure VPN, browse privately, secure your connections today. Go to Norton.com slash VPN. Protection starts at $333 a month for the first year with annual enroll enrollment. Norton.com slash VPN. Terms apply. Norton.com slash VPN. This is Handle on the Law, and let's check in with uh, Tessa Butt. And uh, welcome back. Handle here on a uh, Saturday. Phone number 800 520 1534. That's 800 KFI. Welcome back to Handle on the Law Marginal Legal Advice. Chris, your turn. Hello, Chris. Oh, hi, Bill. Yes, sir. What can I do for you? Yes. Um, glad to talk to you. Yes, sir. Um, 
Okay, about six months ago, my uh, friend, she went to uh, a dentist yes. to have her um, a bridge made. Your friend? And after that... Your friend? Hello? Yes, can you hear me? Yeah. How close yes, a friend? I can hear you. How close a friend? <laughs> okay. Anyway, after that, <laughs> after the, the bridge made, she went home um, a couple of days later. You know, whatever the, the dentist instructed her to do, she, she did that. And, um, but six months, I mean, I mean, uh, she couldn't, for some reason, after the bridge made, she cannot choose on, every time she chews, there's a really uh, painful on that wow. side. Wow. So okay. She, she, yeah. All right. Yeah, Obviously. She couldn't eat on that side at all. Okay. So based so on she that. Went back, okay. She goes back. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm interrupting. Yeah. She went back to, 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 to that dentist and that, that dentist, um, she, she rang her down the, the bridge. Uh, and then after that, she went home and tried to uh, eat something. And she couldn't choose on that side either, and it's still pain. And then she complained to the dentist, and then they said, okay, come, and, come and go back to me. Let me take a look. And then she come back to the dentist. The second time, the dentist um, grind on her upper, upper teeth, the good one. Uh, but, but after that, she couldn't eat either. And then the third time she went back, the dentist had another dentist in her office take a look at, at her. And that dentist said, oh, I, I, we don't have that kind of instrument here. There's nothing we can do, blah, blah, blah. And then they, they sent her to a specialist. And when she went to a specialist, um, the specialist take a look for consultation. He said, well, it seems normal, seems fine to me. Uh, but if you, you know, um, experience some pain, whatever, call me back. And, and after that, uh, the problem still exists. And all right. So, been, all right. So, okay. Let me get. Months. All right. Yeah. This was six months. She has a hard time eating. Uh, man, she. Yeah. Very, by the way, what, uh, is she fat? Because this sometimes helps. <laughs> you know, you, it's not a bad way to lose weight. You know that the fact that you no. can't eat. No. No. The problem is she's skinny. She's, oh, she starts she's skinny. Okay, so there's no upside for this. Uh, first of all, going no. to a specialist that the dentist who did this sends her to, that's not a good idea. You go to your own specialist and get a consultation, and then you have a huge issue of what's going on uh, with uh, the bridge, obviously, from based on what you tell me, was done incorrectly. And I'm surprised, by the way, no one does bridges anymore. It's all implants these days. Uh, so yeah. I'm kind of surprised. I mean, I have a bridge that I put in a zillion years ago. I was a teenager and uh, I mean, today I'd have an implant done in two seconds, but, uh, so she has to get an independent opinion from a specialist way outside of that little group. And then you'll have an idea of, uh, what is going on. Can it be repaired? Can it not be repaired? I wouldn't go back to that first dentist. What I would do is, if you make an appointment, go to the new dentist, see what it's going to take to straighten all of this out. Whatever money is involved, uh, the new dentist pays for. And uh, if you get into it uh, where it's expensive and we're talking tens of thousands of dollars, which may be the case in terms of an implant tearing out an existing bridge, I don't know the answer to that, uh, then you call a dental malpractice attorney. That's all you can do on this one. Uh, you can't, you have to the go problem. independent. So you, you, effectively, you're going to need a another opinion. And based on that opinion, you talk to a dental malpractice attorney. Who but Bill, the problem is she does. 
She I'm what? Sorry, go ahead. No, the problem is what? She, she doesn't know uh, any uh, good dentist. Uh, then she has. She the, you know what? Then how about this? Go to the website handleonthelaw.com. Talk to a malpractice, a medical malpractice attorney who's nailed dentist before, and ask that attorney to refer her to a specialist. Oh. That's the way to do it. Handleonthelaw.com. Laura. Hello, Laura. Welcome. Hi. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, my mom has dementia for five years. And she has, um, she owns her home. And she has a low-income loan on it. And I helped her co-sign 20 years ago. And I've been paying up the payments, making sure everything gets paid. I have power of attorney but I'm not on the deed and I'm having so many people tell me different things. Do this, go here, do this. Uh, I had a lawyer tell me to sign it over to myself, which I had read on the internet. Not a real good idea. No, it's really not a good uh, idea to sign it over yourself. First of all, you're talking about a power of attorney that you're taking mm-hmm. your mom's uh, house and then giving it to you under the power of attorney. Yeah. The turn, the attorney is right. Uh, not a good idea. So, no, he suggested it. Yeah. My, I, I, he well, su- the, the lawyer that I went to, who specializes in elder law, he suggested, he goes, try a notary public one more time. Okay. If that doesn't work, have your brother sign an affidavit giving up all rights. Then we'll sign all the right. house to yourself. Okay, that, that might work. Uh, the problem is that simply based on a power of attorney, uh, mm-hmm. That is uh, that is not a terrific idea because powers of attorney when you're transferring real estate are very very sketchy. The cleanest way of right. doing this, Laura, is to get a conservatorship. Then you have. I was advised against that. I don't know why. Still, why I'm... would you be advised against getting a conservatorship giving you complete control of the property? And I don't get that. But okay, um, because... because why? Uh, the, my caseworker that's like, uh, the head of the caregiver association in San Bernardino, she told me, she said, it takes a lot of time. It's a lot of work. It's, uh, I guess expensive. And that yeah, wasn't really co- the it can problem. Co- it can cost a couple of thousand dollars, but all right, let's go back to. Oh, and then, okay. And I called the lawyer up in San Bernardino. I said, would you be willing to do conservatorship for me? Uh, that's cause I had been advised to do that. He goes, you have power of attorney. You don't need me. Okay. I swear. All right. Well, all right. So here, here's, let's go back to that first, uh, that first scenario. If it's just Mm -hmm. you and your brother, if it's just you and your brother Mm -hmm. and your brother has the only claim, if it is accepted, if the transfer is accepted just with a power of attorney, and by the way, why would it go to you and not to you and your brother? Why would your brother just let you have the property? Because I've been living with my mom okay. forever, and I'm taking care of her. Fair enough. All right. So uh, the you can try <laughs> that. The worst they can do is say no. Uh, it will be accepted. And the only downside is your brother has the right to contest it. But if he signs off, yeah, I'd go there. Let's go back to the original. Uh, the original scenario is under the power of attorney. You transfer the deed from her to you, and uh, then mm-hmm. and your brother signs off. That's really important. And uh, we'll see if that flies. Right. Then you see, then then you own the house. I mean, give it a shot. You have nothing to lose. <coughs> coughing all the way through this. No idea why I'm coughing so much today. It could be the sun chips that I'm eating. You know, the uh, 
uh, because it's uh, very dry and uh, they stick at the back of my throat. All right, why don't we uh, take another case? Fair enough. Diane, where are you, Diane? Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, Diane. Yes. Um, yes, I'm a conservator of my mother, both probate and estate, and we're kind of running out of money, or she is, and I wanted to go after my dad. He recently, his second wife has passed away, but he's out of state. Is there a statute of limitations? How long has it been since they've been divorced? Since 1984. Oh! We're in California. So it's only been 30, it's only been 30 years since they've been, uh, they've been divorced. And during the divorce, was there uh, spousal support given? Yes. All right. And I have the degree. All right. And so she never, she never asked for support. Well, you've got to... Uh, no, because she's in a mental... She was in a mental institution for the whole time. Oh, and then recently, you know what? Then, then, okay, then the statute may be told because of that. Uh, and and let, yeah. there there may be... Okay, that changes everything. Uh, yeah. Uh, at this point, uh, how much how much was it uh, per month? It wasn't even that much. It was like $259. Okay, so it's $3,000 uh, times 30 years... Uh, is still, is that $90,000? Yeah, that's some money. And, and she's like was on hospice for five years and she keeps on trucking. Okay. Well, good for her. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I'd call, uh, yeah, I would go for a family law attorney. Absolutely. Divorce attorney. Yeah. Okay. I think it's worth a shot. Yeah. Okay. I'll look, I've been to your things, your little seminar. So I'll go to your website. Okay. Great. great. (laughs) Uh, That's excellent. Yeah. What? I don't even know what little seminars I gave i don't think i've ever given any legal seminars big ones little ones medium-sized ones but thanks for calling this is handle on the law and uh, let's check in with tessa barretta so can we break this mold and set in motion something new and uh, welcome back more handle on the law marginal legal advice Hello, Greg. Yes, hi, Bill. How yes, are sir. you? Listen to you all the time. Was hoping I'd never have to call, but oh, I think I've got a situation. Okay. I need right. your advice. Fair enough. We're, we are food manufacturers. We bought a, uh, a website that sells its food products online back in February of 2016. Recently, we've been um, uh, emailed a copyright infringement notification by a law firm, the likes of which I researched, and they're known to troll the Internet you know, we're looking for situations like this and, and literally extort money, in my belief. Uh, the picture in question I have found has been posted on our website uh, 7 of 2013. So that was prior to our acquisition. I asked the firm for the copyright registration. They provided that to me, and the registration date on the copyright is September of 2016. They are wanting just under $4,000 to okay. settle. All right, now, so let me ask um, this. Uh, it is a just a picture, or is it... Uh, just a picture, and it's, it's an ugly picture. So it's just... Ugly a, picture of fried chicken. I okay. never would have used it myself. All right, so it's is it one of many pictures? No, just one picture. And we're a small site. I mean, this thing probably hasn't been looked at hardly at all, if that's yeah. relevant. Well, and you started using it prior to, uh, or you purchased the company, you've been using it prior to the uh, uh, the trademark, right? Yeah, over over 
713 is when it was posted, and it was trademarked September of 2016. Okay, well, uh, yeah, so don't settle. You simply tell That's them. That's what I'm telling I, I yeah. had researched something yeah. that said and where the, that the, if it's. Yeah, huh? you have some defenses here, but uh, where is this law firm located relative to where you are? Santa Ana, and we're in San Juan Capistrano. Okay, so you're close. Just, uh, you know what I would do is say, go ahead, file the lawsuit. That's what I'm thinking. You know, and just and they, I, and if they go ahead, we'll go, we'll go to trial. That's fine, uh, because these yeah, because what happens? These law firms they really are schlockers. The same thing happens oh. with violation of ADA law, American with Disabilities Act. They'll actually send people yep. in in wheelchairs, and the mirror is a quarter of an inch, literally a quarter of an inch too high or too low. Boom. You settled for thirty five. I remember hearing that on your radio show yeah, years ago. Yeah, that was I a think, big yeah. And yeah. I think you're getting the same thing. So if you go right, go right ahead. You know, I'm prepared to fight this. You know, no, and, and I'm prepared to spend. And you want to let them know I'm prepared to spend the money. Now, if they do file it, you're gonna to have to hire a lawyer. Uh, yeah, and, I know. But but you know, uh, it's four grand, and uh, you know, you want to pay? Do you want to get these bastards? I mean, I've been sued before frivolously, and uh, the. Uh, lawyer on the other side said, "Why don't you settle?" And I said, "You know what? I'd rather spend ten times the amount of money you're yeah. asking for uh, because I just I just don't like rolling over. Yeah. But yeah. sometimes, yeah. but sometimes it's just a business decision too. See, that's the problem, Greg. Uh. Sometimes you just decide based on business." And you simply roll over, and there's not much you can do. About I can, you know, I, I feel like you do, though. I just don't want to give these guys yeah, motivation then, to continue what and they're then, doing. And then what you do is you take the picture off immediately. Oh, you, we did that. Okay. We did that. Oh, so, we did that. You know, they said they had sent us a letter. Uh, you know, I would expect it would be certified. We never received a letter. Right. Then they showed us the letter online, and it, it was post-dated after the date they said they had sent it. I mean, these guys are and, wait a second, they real sent, unprofessional. Now, they said they sent you a letter. Was it via email they said they sent you a letter? Well, the, yes. They said, you haven't responded to a letter we sent you. Here's a copy of the letter. We and, sent it August 12th, and they showed us a letter that was dated August 20th. Okay, well, yeah. Well, these guys are... Yeah, they are. They're a bunch of slime balls. Yeah, I would fight it. I would, I, okay. I would just tell them to go pound sand, but there are. There are lawyers out there, Greg is absolutely right. They're, they troll the internet, and this is what they do for a living. Uh, they literally scoop at the bottom of the barrel. That's what they're about. And it is, uh, it, it, it really is disgusting. You know, as bad a reputation as lawyers have to begin with, uh, this just is, I mean, this reaches new levels. This is Handle on the Law.